Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. We're jumping into week two of a series we've entitled Noise. Uh, Pastor Anthony kicked us off last week. Didn't he do a great job? And he's so gifted as a communicator. Um, and he kicked us off talking about this noise. And how do, we, how do we hear God in a really a chaotic culture? And he started with, how do we prepare ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord? And he said this, Jesus doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. Woo, right? If that's not like a to the face, but it was so challenging for us to go, how do we prepare ourselves to hear from the Lord? And so we're going to dive into week two and we're going to, we're going to take that build, that building step of week one. How do we prepare week two? Why is God speaking? Why is he speaking to us? How does he speak to us? And are we willing to listen? The theme verse for the series is taken from the book of John chapter 10, verses three through five. And let's read that this morning together. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This is a metaphor. We are the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. We know his voice and we follow his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. God really, really wants us to hear his voice because he's always speaking. He's always speaking. Are we willing to listen? And I believe that, I believe that God is more than able to speak to, to those outside the pastoral staff. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Like God's not just saying, oh, if, you're, if you hold credentials, then he'll speak to you. No, he wants to speak to all of us. He's a very personal God. There are a group of individuals, uh, cessationalists, that believe that God, God after the apostolic age, he, he's not speaking. There's no gifts. There's no miracles. There's no signs. All of that ceased. But I want you to know that God is a speaking God. And the question we're going to have to wrestle with is if God is a speaking God, are we a listening people? If God is a speaking God, are we a listening people? Because God is not distant. He's not mad at you. Someone didn't need to hear that this morning. He's not mad at you. He wants to be close to you. He desires to have a relationship with you in just a few short weeks, right? Two weeks, two weeks from today, we're gonna gather on Christmas Eve at nine and 11. And I would tell you to make sure you get here early, right? Because if you want your seat, get here early. We're gonna set up tons more chairs, but I'm gonna tell you this, that that window, if you're like, man, I need that buffer seat between me and the person next to me, uh, that may not exist in two weeks, all right? So make sure you get here early, grab that seat. Uh, we're gonna have just a powerful services at nine and 11 for Christmas Eve, but we're gonna celebrate the birth of Jesus. In the book of Matthew chapter one, verse 23, this is the text. This is what we celebrate. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. He came down to be with us. He came down to spend time with you. He came down to enter into a relationship with you. He came down to get close to you. He came down so we would have an opportunity to find him. He came down so that by a relationship with him, one day we'll be able to go up, right? So he came so that he could be close. That's the relationship that he desires to have with us. He's a speaking God. And he desires to be close to us so that we could hear his voice. 
So let me give you two quick reasons why he speaks. And there's more than, there's more than two, but I just want to give you two this morning. And the first is this, is God speaks to foster a friendship. God desires to have friendship with each and every one of us. Exodus thirty three eleven, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Right? There is a relationship. There is, there is something happening in this text. Face to face, friend to friend, conversation. God is not looking for pontification. He's looking for a conversation. Right? We, get, we can stand and we can, we can dive in and go deep into scripture and use a bunch of big words. But he wants a conversation. Right? When I was writing this and I was thinking of the word pontification. Right? Some of you are like, I didn't know you knew those big words. Every now and then, I'm, I, I got some smarts every once in a while. And, and so, so I was, all I kept thinking about was, was King George from Hamilton, Broadway and Hamilton, right? Where, you know, he, he's like, he just gets up there and he, and he starts using language because he's King George and he speaks in like King James and in English. And it's like, if we only could speak to God in King James, then, then he would hear our prayers. No, no, it's not the eloquence of the words. It's the attitude of the heart. Right? You, can, you can have all the words. You can use big syllables. You can, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I love hearing bold, passionate prayers. But I want you to know God hears you with the attitude from your heart. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to have fellowship. He wants to have communion with you because God is a personal God. In a few weeks, Pastor Anthony talked about it in the announcements this morning. We're, we're going to be kicking off 2024 with 21 days of prayer and fasting. The heart of prayer and the heart of fasting is closeness. We go without, and during those moments of, of going without, so let's say we're, we're, we're fasting lunch, during that lunch period, we're drawing into the presence of the Lord. We're spending time with him. We're, we're wanting to get close to him during our prayer time, during that fasting time, during our worship time. It's about getting close to him. And on Wednesday nights, this is what we're gonna do. I don't know if you know it or not, but we, we talk about the, in the seat back in front of you, there's a connection card and you fill that out and we give you a gift. Yeah, there's also prayer cards. And what we do with those prayer cards is if you can put on there, it's, it's private, we grab that and it's just, it's just for, it would be for myself. I read that, we pray about it. If it's, if it's not, then we take it to our staff and we, we spend time praying over those cards during our staff meetings. I want you to know that when we kick off this 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to ask you to fill out those cards, fill out those prayers. And we're going to have you come down front. And we're going to have you put them on the altar. And then every Wednesday night for our midweeks from 7 to 7.15, we're going to be praying and we're going to be walking and tearing and we're going to be praying over these needs. And we're not going to look at them. We're going to leave them face down because we know they could be private and we're, we're not trying to be in your business, but we want God to be in your business. And so we're going to be praying over those needs. And if you're like, man, what else are we going to be praying about? I want you to know we'll have prayer lists. I love lists. I love lists so much that I have lists that have lists. I love lists so much that I have them on paper and digital. I can show you lists on my phone, on Google, on notes. And I take more lists because I love lists. But here's what I know. There are moments when I need to step aside from my personal preference. Because God's going, man, I'm not, I see your list and I love your prayer, but could you just, could you just pray? And so there are times when I come in and I pray in, the, at this, in this space and I pace and I walk. And I want to encourage you to do that this week. Or just do it this week at home. Get rid of the list. And I understand you're like, man, you're going to change my prayer time. Typically I do this. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Just walk around your house when you pray this week. Because here's what I know is in those moments, I'm hoping that you gain a different perspective. Because when you're praying and you're walking by the refrigerator, you can pause for just a moment and say, you know what, Lord? I'm so thankful 
that I can open this device and within it is food and there is sustenance for life. I am so blessed to be able to have food in front of me. So God, thank you for providing. Thank you for the job that I have. Thank you for the wisdom and how I manage my finances with generosity and then being able to purchase. And God, I'm thankful for this fridge that's running. I'm thankful that I have to change the filter on my refrigerator because the light's been on for three weeks. That's me. But it's like, but I have water that comes out of this device. There are hundreds of thousands of millions of people on planet earth that don't have potable drinking water. And I just go like this. That's it. So that perspective changes and you can give thanks for the blessing, right? You walk around your house and you're praying and you're like, why is this house so messy? And you're like, wait a minute, I have kids. God, I'm thankful for those kids. I'm thankful for those kids that, that left their toys out. That, that God, because what I'm seeing and experiencing through this mess is I am blessed. And maybe you're like, but I have a mess and I have no kids. That's your spouse and you're blessed as well, okay? I just want you to know that. <laughs> Pastor Angel laughs at me all the time. She's like, I can tell where you got undressed because your closet is wherever you are walking. And I'm like, I'll pick it up later. But I got like, this goes here and this goes here and this goes here. And then when it's time to pick it all up, I just make it make its way back to wherever it needs to go. But it's one of those things where it's like, we're blessed because we see this mess. That mess means there's people in my home. What a blessing. As you walk around the home and you continue to walk and you walk past your, your dining room table, your kitchen table, and you're like, well, what's so good about this table? You know what's good about the, that table is the conversations you can have at that table. See what that prayer does? When you begin walking around and seeing things from a different perspective and not just looking at the ordinary, like, oh man, someone's got to clean this mess up. But the perspective changes and you go, man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that table. I'm grateful for the conversations and the friendships and the trust that has happened at that table. So I encourage you to spend some time praying and walking and counting those blessings and thanking the Lord for his goodness in your life. Because he is good, he truly is. So God speaks to foster friendship. The second reason God speaks is God speaks to give guidance. God sees what you do not see, and he sees danger that is lurking that you cannot see. Uh, when the, Way, the Waze app, anybody use Waze? Anybody use Waze? I use Waze all the time, uh, and it's not just so I see the police. Okay, so settle down, officers. I get it. It's not just for that, uh, but I use Waze all the time. And so I use Waze because it tells me if there's something in the road. It tells me if there's a pothole. How many know that in the great state of Ohio, you have road construction season, right, in winter. So currently in winter, which means now we have potholes. So I love knowing where potholes are. I love, it tells me, it notifies me if there's cars on the side of the road. It, it lets me know if there's an animal on the road and what I can do. And I've avoided some accidents because of Waze. Well, when I first started using Waze, it would try to tell me what to do. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I don't like being told what to do. And so this device is telling me what to do. I've lived in Northeast Ohio my whole life. I know how to get pretty much, I can get to Akron, I can get to Canton, I can get to anywhere in downtown Cleveland. I know where to park for events. Like I got this, I don't even need you ways. So when you're telling me to get off at this exit, when I know the quickest and best way is to get off the exit six miles in, fr in front of me and you're telling me to get off now, I don't listen. And so early on, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And so I, I kept going because I knew better. Anybody ever been there? Because you know better. You know the best direction for your life. You know, you know it. And sure enough, I end up in bumper to bumper traffic. And I was like, huh, if only I would have listened. 
You see, in that moment, I was not agreeing with the information that was given to me. The tension we have with God's guidance is we may not always be agreeable. We may not always be agreeable. Here's what I know. You wouldn't be heading in the direction you were heading if you didn't want to go in that direction. Unless you're enjoying the ride. And along comes God's guidance. And you're heading in a direction and he sees danger. And so he is speaking clearly, there is danger. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Like there is something here that you cannot see. You do not see what I see. And so I need you to change direction. And sometimes in our life, we feel like, God, I know better than you. Stop telling me what to do. You're not the boss of me. Do you know what I've done ever since that moment that I got in bumper-to-bumper traffic because I didn't listen? There has never been a time where I've told Waze I know better. And I will use Waze to go to Home Depot from my house, right? And some of you know where I live. You're like, it's two turns, Here's why. I just want to know, is there something in the road? Is there something out there? Like you can't even speed on high street, so it doesn't matter, right? Like it, but here's the deal. I listen because it sees what I cannot see. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit is speaking to us every day and letting us know that he sees something that we don't see, that there could be danger. There, there's something on the other side that you need to be mindful of. So I would encourage you in the moment to tune in. If God is trying to change the course, it's probably for the better in your life. If God is trying to guide you and you wanna hide, one of you is wrong. Right, I think back to the garden with Adam and Eve and, they, and God's like, hey, I, I don't understand. Where were you? I was calling for you, I didn't see you. And they said, we, well, well, well what, had, what had happened was <laughs> we now see each other and we're naked and there's a problem. And so we were afraid. And, and God was like, who told you you were naked? Like, who told you? And it's in that same scenario that they, they were trying to hide because of shame. If we're hiding because of shame, then I would tell you to lean into his guidance and his voice. Because if he's leading, it's good. If God is speaking, then listen. Proverbs 3, 6 in the message, it says this. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. He sees what you cannot see. If he's guiding, it's good. The Bible tells us that we, don't walk by, that we walk by faith and not by sight. It may not look good, but you have to trust the guide. You have to be willing to trust the guide. You may be looking at defeat, but are you listening to victory? The mountain in front of you may look like defeat, but the God who is whispering in your ear, who is speaking to you is saying, I've already won. The mountain in front of you is not bigger than me. So what we see is trial and circumstance. What he sees is opportunities for victory. So we may not see it, but will we listen to it? Will we listen to that still small voice that tells us, that speaks to us, that guides us? Are we willing to listen? I fell into this trap. It was uh, during the, 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 the chaos of COVID, the lockdown of COVID, right? We're not having in-person services and we're trying to, we're purchasing equipment because we had never done live stream. And so we're purchasing equipment, finding cameras, we're, we're recording and Pastor Matt, thankful, is, he can, he's like a tech wizard. He didn't know how to do some of the things, but he figured it all out and he's figuring things out and we're following. Um, but here's what happened. I would watch both of our services. 
which I was like, those were really good. Like we, did, we, like we put some good stuff together. I would, I would watch both of our services, but then here's what I would do. I would start watching what everybody else was doing. I would start seeing what everybody else was doing. And then I would have friends that are like making all this and they're doing these Bible studies and they're doing this. And I was like, man, we're, but we're not doing that. And then, I, then it hit me because it was in that moment where I was like, oh, now everybody's watching online. So now everybody's watching Stephen Furtick. Right? That's everybody. And then they'll come watch Radiant Life Church. And how many know that I am not Stephen Furtick? Right? I'm by far much better looking. And, okay? So don't even, I'm just kidding. But it, here's the deal. I, what I did is I got caught in a comparison trap. I was looking and not listening. I was looking at things being better. But I wasn't listening in that moment to what the Spirit was saying. And so we have to be mindful to make sure that we're listening to what he's saying to us. So those are just two reasons why. Now what about the how? How does he speak to us? How does he speak to us today? He speaks through creation. You walk outside and it's, it's just beautiful. So he speaks through creation. He speaks through his word. Open up his word. You want to know what he has to say to you today? Open up his word. He'll speak. He'll speak to you. He'll, he'll reveal himself to you daily if you're in his word. He, he speaks through others. Have you ever have somebody walk up to you and they're just like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. And you're like, how'd you know? How'd you know what I was walking through? How'd you know what I was going to experience? I told the class the other day for our midweeks, I asked Pastor Angel, I said, hey, would you mind just talking for me for a little bit? And she started talking. And I was like, that's what the voice of God sounds like to me. Not that my wife is perfect, but I will tell you this. When my wife says something, I lean in and I listen. And I'm like, hey, tell, tell me more. Like, why, why do you feel, why, what, what's, what is it about this? And so he use, he'll speak through others if we're willing to listen. He speaks through uh, trials. That's the one that no one likes. Like, I, I don't want to have to go through something to learn something. I'd rather just learn it without going through it. He speaks, he, he speaks through his spirit. Holy Spirit speaks to us. He speaks through music. Right? I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. In my brokenness, I've witnessed it. Right, that he, he's resurrecting then, he's resurrecting now, that he, he's brought dreams back to life. I've seen healings. I've shared this. I've, I, I'm gonna share it again when we start our new sermon series in January about a miraculous healing of my oldest daughter who used to be on our staff and our worship, our worship pastor up here. Like a life expectancy of five to 10 years, no cure for her disease, one out of eight, yet it no longer exists. So I've witnessed it. And so because I've witnessed it, that song speaks to me. I've witnessed it. So I believe it will happen again. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the reports. I've seen the damage it did to her lungs. And I've seen the new reports that it's not there. So I've witnessed it. And so I speak of it because God is good. And so he speaks through his music. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through signs. He speaks through our circumstances. But there's another way he speaks that I want to talk about this morning for just a few moments. And he speaks in the whisper. He speaks in the whisper. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 12. We put it on the screen, but I tell it I, about once a month, once every two months, I'll say this. Like, just don't take our word for it. Grab your Bible. Jump into it. Yes, this is copied and pasted from the Bible. But just be like, hey, man, I want to make sure. What, what are you saying? Is it in there? And it's in there. It's 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. It says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, this is, this is understand, if you read just a few verses before it, this is Elijah. Elias, man, Elijah's, he's, he's, he's called down fire. Like, he's, he should be on cloud nine, yet now he's scared and running for his life. 
And now the Lord's speaking to him because he feels like the world's falling apart and the Lord's speaking to him. And he's like, hey, listen, this is what I want you to do. I'm gonna pass by. So I need you to go out there. And a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Now, this, I mean, this is tornadic activity here. This, this, I mean, it shattered rocks. For whatever reason, we feel like when God speaks or when God is going to move, it has to be big. Can I just let you know that it's in the whisper? It's in the whisper? Because we continue on and it, what's it say? It says, but he wasn't there. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire comes a gentle whisper. After the fire comes a still small voice. And that's where the Lord was found. You see, we have to understand that the Lord wasn't found in the wonder. He was found in the whisper. He wasn't found in the wonder. He was found in the whisper. Let me just pause for a moment. That's why this series is so important. Because there's so much noise. There's so much chaos around us that it's hard to hear anything, let alone a whisper. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, you want to hear a still small voice? You want to hear a whisper? The good news is, is God is that close that he only has to whisper. The bad news is that even when we're close, if there's so much noise, you cannot hear what's happening. Let me give you a little illustration by what, you, by what I mean. I'm going to continue to preach the sermon in just a moment. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mute my microphone. I'm going to have the media team play a song. And then we're going to turn it up excessively loud. Because if you know anything about me, I love it loud. All right? So go ahead. Go ahead and hit play. And uh, I'm going to keep preaching the sermon as that music gets louder and louder. Everybody with me? Because I want you to hear. I'm in, this is going to be important. What I'm about to say is going to be life-changing. So you better listen. dancing was free. I just want you to know. So grateful that I asked any of you that if you laughed after my dancing, that we would take an offering on my behalf. And so, no, I'm just, but you couldn't hear a word I was saying, could you? But I'm right here. One, I muted my microphone. Two, I added noise and distraction. And that's our life. For whatever reason, we keep turning up the dial to make it louder instead of turning the dial down to make it softer so we could hear. Right, it, it, listen, this, I love this device, but this device messes with me because, because I have a little bit of a thing that I can't look at notifications without seeing them. And so I need to look at them and I need to click the button and I need to see that there's a video of, looks like my son-in-law playing a tambourine that's going to be coming out. And so he's a worship pastor at Victory Church in, in Youngstown, but he had a tambourine. And so I'm reading all this. Now I have to put it away because the notifications are cleared. But in that moment, I'm distracted. I wasn't focused on what I needed to say. I was focused on my phone. And so, so do we turn down the noise long enough to be able to hear his whisper? Because we need to turn down the noise to hear that whisper. You gotta turn it down. So why is he saying he whispers? And I'm gonna give you four things real quick. He whispers encouragement. He whispers encouragement. Romans eight sixteen. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We're God's children. Now, you're like, so what does this have anything to do with encouragement? Uh, how, many, how many dads we got in the room? You're a dad. 
Some of you are like, you've seen my kids. Nope, not claiming them. No, you're a dad, right? So you're a dad. I don't have to tell my daughter. It's not like I walk up to Olivia and be like, hey, Olivia, I just want you to know, man, I'm so excited for you, happy for you. You did a great job leading worship this morning. I'm so proud of you. Just want you to know I'm your dad. If you forgot, it's me. Even when I dance and you make, laugh at me, I saw you, right? Like, please, her eyes said, please stop. I just want you to know. But I don't have to continually tell her she's my daughter. Do you know she's been my daughter since she was born? I don't walk around telling her she's my daughter. She is my daughter and I love her and I'm proud of her. Yesterday, we do this thing in our house with a red plate where, and I've shared this before, we go around and encourage. It's just her and I, because Kirsten and Angel, Pastor Angel are in New York City and they're on the mission trip. Continue to pray for them, by the way, a little pause. Yesterday, they were at a homeless shelter doing ministry and they had 400 gifts. They weren't for adults. 400 gifts for children at a homeless shelter. Just let that sink in for a moment. That's, that's where they're doing ministry. So continue to pray for them because what an opportunity to share the love of Jesus, right? But, but it was just her and I, and we put out the red plate and I gave it to her. And then typically we go around the table and we say, why we love you and we're so proud of you and all these things, but it was just her and I, so it was just me. I did that intentionally because I wanted her to know, listen, if no one else in the room would ever tell you, your dad wants you to know, he loves you, he's proud of you, here's your gifts, here's your talents, here's what I see in you, you're smart, you're beautiful. And I just kept going. Why? Because that's what we do as fathers. Your heavenly father sees you the same way. He's not far, he's close. And so he doesn't have to remind himself. We, it, he's your dad, he's Abba, he's father. And he loves you and he's proud of you and he wants to encourage you because you are his child. Isaiah 55, three in the message, it says this. I love this verse in the message. Pay attention, come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. Pay attention, come close to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. Now I know that in a room this size and people watching online, that, that some of you may have been part of a church that it felt like um, every Sunday you had to recommit your life to Jesus because what took place last week wasn't good enough. You're still really messed up. And so just come back down to the altar, come back down to the altar, spend more time, get right with God, get right with God, get right with God. And, and you're never good enough and you're not good enough. And so you come back to the altar and you're like, okay, God, I've messed up again and I need you to fix me and I need you to heal me. And, I, and, I, and then next week you need to come back to the altar and you need to get saved again and again and again. And I'm not saying, hear me on this. I'm not saying when there's conviction, you should ignore it. When there's conviction, you embrace it. But I want you to know that that for me, there are moments in my life, there are seasons in my life, there are times in my life where what I need is life-giving and life-nourishing words. And that's what the Father offers to us, life-giving, life-nourishing. Every time we gather, don't hear the sermon and miss the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? That means, that means we can have revelation from His Word, but without application, we're going to miss the mark. And so we want to hear, but we want to lean in and say, God, I just don't want to be a hearer of your word. I want to be a doer of your word. And so I'm not just listening to the sermon. What is it you uniquely want to speak to me? What's the whisper, the download from heaven that he wants to give to you today? And so are we willing to listen? Because he'll whisper. The second thing he whispers is he whispers warnings. Let me give you a little Christianese. Christianese is a language that Christians use. All right, there's, it's not really a term, but it is a term because we, we, we've come up with phrases or statements that if you're not a Christian, you go, I have no clue what you're talking about. 
All right, let me give you one of those Christianese terms, and it's this. And some of you are going to be like, I've used that. I've used it too, and I'm going to use it today. How many of you, by show of hands, just curious, have ever used this phrase? I feel checked in my spirit. You're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what that means is there is a moment where you hear a whisper, and there is something within you that feels checked in your spirit. Like, don't go there. Don't post that. Don't send that. Don't do that. And you're like, there's something, I feel this check. There is a drawing, there is a whisper, there is a voice that you know, that you hear clearly and you go, man, I'm checked. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to say that. Where, where is this found in the Bible? Acts 16. Paul and his companions, they're traveling and they're, they're spreading and they're going. And it, and it says in verse six, it says, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word. Now, I don't know about you, but it doesn't say that they were getting ready to do something that was wrong or inappropriate. They're getting ready to preach the gospel. Yet the spirit says, not here. And then it goes on in verse seven at the very end. It says, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. It is a good thing. But if you hear, don't go, don't do. That's a warning. That's a warning. How many of you, this is gonna be a vulnerable moment between me and you. No one, you can look around if you want because you really can't judge the judger. You're not supposed to judge the judger and you're guilty. I guarantee you, you've done this too. I just know it. I feel it because I've done it. Where somebody sends you a text message or there's some post on social media and you feel obligated to respond in not such a nice manner. How many of you have ever typed it out and then had to delete it by a show of hands? How many are guilty? Yep. Some of you are like, right now, your sermon is offending me and I'm done now, right? But it's one of those things where you're like, no, 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 no. Why? Because you feel checked in your spirit. And then you backspace and you delete and then you make it sound a little bit nicer. And then you're like, nope. And then you backspace and you delete and then you make it sound just a little bit nicer. And then you're like, stop. Why? Because there's a warning. Is that going to be life-giving or life-nourishing? Is that going to add encouragement to the kingdom? Is that going to help this person find Jesus? So you feel checked and you don't send and you hit delete because you're not supposed to send it. You get that warning, right? That check engine light is a warning. It's not to see, it's not for you to go, ooh, look at all the cool lights. It's a warning. And so maybe you get a warning that you're not supposed to date that person because you see and you feel like this person's gonna ask me to compromise my values, my beliefs. And so it's like, whoa, not supposed to. And you back away. Maybe, maybe there's a warning. Maybe the check engine light is coming on because you are pursuing a relationship. You, maybe you haven't crossed the line, but you're flirting with that line. I would just tell you this. If you are flirting with somebody who is not your spouse, you're flirting with danger. That's free. We're not even talking about marriage. So you can take that one for, for whatever you want. But, but it's one of those things where it's like the, 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 the check in the spirit, the warning, if there is danger on the other side, the whisper is saying to avoid. And so I want you to know this morning there are consequences for your actions, but there's also fruit for your faithfulness. Right Before you do something, do you count the cost? Right? I've walked with people who, who, who've made some poor choices and there's consequences for that action. 
But I want you to know there's also fruit for the faithfulness. When you say, no, I'm not crossing that line. There's, there's a warning sign on and there is danger and I'm not going there. There is a curb, there is a guardrail that is protecting me and that is the whisper of God. And when I hear his whisper, I'm willing to say no. And there is fruit in the faithfulness of continually listening and leaning into that whisper. But he whispers warnings. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Again, do you see the closeness? The closeness of God? There's gonna be a voice, whether you're here, whether you're here, it's gonna say, this is the way, walk in it. This is the direction that I have for your life. And so he whispers warnings. The third thing that he whispers is he whispers direction. Luke 2, 27, it says, moved by the spirit, he went into the temple courts. Acts 20, 22, it says, now compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. I would encourage you. He whispers direction. I would encourage you to involve God in the process. Involve God in the process. If he's gonna give direction, then you have to involve him in the process. You gotta say, Lord, is this your will? Is this your desire? Right, before I go make this big purchase, God, is this something you want me to do? God, before I go and uh, ask, ask this person to date or before, are we asking God? to be involved in our situation. Because when we ask God for his involvement, maybe he says, slow down. Because maybe he sees what you don't see. Maybe there's burnout coming in the future. And so maybe he says no, because you involved him in the process. But maybe, maybe he says yes, because you involved him in the process. And so you're like, man, am I supposed to serve? And he's like, yes, I want you to serve. And so you go to the connection center after service and you fill out the, I want to volunteer. And you're like, man, you guys talk a lot about serving. And yeah, we talk about it from the perspective of it's not about you joining a team. It's about you finding your purpose. Why, why are you here? And so you serve, but there's direction in the serve. Where am I supposed to serve? What are your, what are your callings? What are your passions? And, or maybe he's like, he's, he's already moved in your heart. And you're like, man, you talked a lot about generosity. Could I be generous in 2024? If you're hearing the whisper, I say yes. Or maybe you're, you're, you're wondering, what's my next step? What, what am I supposed to do? Man, if Radiant Life Church is my home, like what am I supposed to, what, where do I go from here? I've, I've shown up, I'm a guest, I've come back two or three times. I would encourage you to be a part of our Next Steps class. So the first Tuesday in January, next set of classes, it's gonna be on Tuesday nights, it's for one hour, okay? First, second, and third Tuesday of the month. And in that class, you may go, what's my next step? If you've never been baptized in water, we'll talk about baptism in water. What, 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 what is that? Why, why, why did Jesus do it? And why is he asking me to do it? If I've given my life to Jesus, is my next step to be baptized? Yeah, that's a next step. Maybe your next step is membership. You're like, I feel like this is home and this is family and I, I feel loved and valued. And so I wanna make, and so you, we'll talk about membership. Maybe it is serving and we do a, a, a disc personality test because we wanna make sure that we have you in the right spot. But your next step, your next yes could be next steps class. But he whispers direction. The last thing is he whispers possibilities. First Samuel 3, 9 is to speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm so grateful that this isn't a one-time statement that only on Sundays will he speak. No, this is an attitude of the heart that says, God, speak. For me, your servant is listening. And maybe he's saying, go all in. Don't, don't be half-hearted. I want you to be a passionate follower of mine. And so don't, don't just be one foot in, one foot out. Don't just straddle the fence like, oh, I enjoy it on Sunday, but I ain't trying to be this on Monday. He's trying to tell us, man, there are possibilities. And so we need to give God our best. 
The word obey in the original language means to give ear to. So obedience is about giving an ear to. So you have to give your ear to what God is saying. But that means you have to be willing to listen. And maybe it is an earthquake. Maybe it is a fire. But from my own personal speaking, it's usually in the whisper. But are we close enough to hear his voice? And here's what's so important about leaning into the whisper. Is you never know what your obedience to leaning in will lead to. This, this right now, we are celebrating eight years of being in this facility at 844 Hartman Road. It's a beautiful building. Like this, this building, like people still say, man, your building looks brand new. What is it, a year or two old? I'm like, nah, you know, listen, you go with Craven Construction, eight years later, it still looks brand new. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like this building is phenomenal. Like this is great. What a blessing. But the year was 1959. Some of you are like, oh, you went way back. Some of you know how Miller knows. 1959, Radiant Life Church has been in existence for 93 years. It's got a great history. They've had different pastors. They've had different locations. They've had different names. But 1959, there was a decision to move and build a new facility. So 1960, they moved into a new facility, 951 High Street. And you're like, was that a, was that a good idea? They heard the whisper. Because you would think they were at 203 Main Street. This church used to be in downtown. They were right next door, close proximity to the Ohio Match Company. For sure, the largest employer for the city. That's where you want to be. That's where the people are. That's where the hub is. That's where all the activity is, is right there in downtown. And that's where the church was. But they heard a whisper. And that whisper said to go north. Now, I don't know. If I was there in the 50s, I may not have thought that was a good idea. Do you know the highway didn't exist? The only thing in the north end of town was a, was a, was a business called Dress Brothers. The church heard a whisper and bought a pig farm. A pig farm. Why would you build a church at a pig farm up north where no one is? They bought the land for $1,000 an acre. They spent $15,000 on a pig farm because of a whisper. So in 1960, they had their first service. 12 years ago, Pastor Angel and I come to the church, met my first board meeting, and they're, they're talking about there's an offer to buy the church. And I was like, what? I didn't know it was for sale. And they're like, it's not, but an investor. That led to a, a few other decisions. And we decided to put, put the building on the market. The building had been over the years, decades, uh, needed some massive repairs and hundreds of thousands of dollars. We had to close bathrooms because the sewage line was broken and collapsed underneath. And we're like, we're not fixing that out of order, right? You know what I mean? Because we're just not sure what to do. But we heard a whisper. We heard a whisper. And that whisper was, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to move. And sure enough, God brings an investor along the way. And at 951 High Street, there is now a get-go gas station and an Aldi grocery store that used to be Radiant Life Church. In 59, they heard a whisper and they bought a pig farm. We heard a whisper and we bought a farm. I don't know what it is with this church and only buying farms. This was a farm. And we built this beautiful building. What they paid $1,000 for in, the six, in 1959 was sold for a whole lot more than $1,000 an acre. And we were able to build this building almost completely debt-free without asking anyone for a penny. Now, that's not a brag. 
If it's a brag or a boast, it's about God's faithfulness in our lives. It had nothing to do with the staff or the church, but let me tell you what's happened because of the whisper. The whisper to buy a pig farm led to a whisper to buy another farm. When we moved into this facility, we're averaging right around 180 in attendance, 190 maybe in attendance. Eight years later, we're averaging a little over 420 just in this campus on attendance. With our second campus, we're over 500 in attendance, but we heard the whisper and we made the decision to make the move. It didn't, it may not have made sense in the natural. And you're like, yeah, someone was offering you millions of dollars. How, do you, how could you miss that whisper? The whisper came before the money. And so are you willing to whisper? Are you willing to listen to the whisper? Because here's what I could do. We could stop service right now and Trevor could keep playing. And it's gonna be like, hey, we're just gonna take 30 seconds and we're just gonna hone in and listen to the whisper. But here's the problem. It goes back to week one. If you're not prepared to hear, you'll miss it. It's so hard in a moment to just turn the distraction off. But what I want you to do is practice all week long. Can you just go to that volume and just turn it down daily? Can you just walk away for a little bit? Put it off to the side. Can you just walk your house? Can you just quiet the distraction? Put the dog outside. Maybe after the kids go to the bed, and just say, Lord, what is it you want from me? Because I'm listening. Because he'll speak. He's a speaking God. Are we a listening people? Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can hear your voice. You speak in your word. You speak in creation. You speak through others. You speak in music and prayer. You speak when we fast. You speak through trials and circumstances, but you speak in the whisper. But God, I pray that you'd help us, all of us, to turn, to tune out and to turn down the distractions, the noise in our life, the chaotic of our life. I know there's so much to do over the next few weeks and the, and the family gatherings and the parties and do we have the meals and do we have everything on the list and we gotta get the house ready, but God, in the midst of the chaos, could we hear your whisper because for moments we tune it out and wanna hear if you're here this morning with your head bowed and your eyes closed, in order to hear the whisper means he's gotta be close, which means you have to ask him to come into relationship with you. If you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, but you'd say, that's me, Pastor Lance, I want one. I want him to be that close to me. If that's you, would you raise your hand with no one looking around? We're just gonna close the service praying. Thank you. Anyone else? That's me, thank you. So Jesus, this morning, the hands and the hearts that are abandoned towards you, those watching online who are saying, yes, Father, it's in this moment where we, where we enter a relationship with you, a personal relationship, because you've come down to be close. And God, we want that closeness because it's in the closeness where we can hear that whisper. So Lord, thank you for the lives that said yes to following you. Father, during this week, help us to turn down the noise, to eliminate the distractions, so that we can clearly hear your whisper. We give you praise and glory in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.